Welcome to the Harrington Star FinTech Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Discussions. I want to showcase people across our industry who are advocates for change. I love to celebrate the wins, but we know there is so much more to be done to ensure that change actually happens to build a truly inclusive industry. In these diversity, equity and inclusion discussions, I have a number of series. The Humans of FinTech, the Talent Surgery, the Maternity and Paternity Stories, and the longest running of all, the Women of FinTech podcast series. I do lots of work to drive change campaigns across our industry to increase inclusion within the workplace. So please contact me to see how we can partner together. You can contact me through LinkedIn or on my email, nadia.edwards-dashti at harringtonstar.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges, and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. I'm really excited today because we are joined by Erica Gibson, Head of User Research at SumUp. Now, SumUp is the fintech that believes anyone should be able to start their own business, and they're on a mission to empower them. They're operating across 32 markets on three continents, and their card readers are used by over 2 million merchants all around the world. So Erica brings such a brilliant perspective to this industry. She's an experienced anthropologist, um, experienced in academia, um, and industry settings with a demonstrated history of working internationally in universities, healthcare, telecommunications, and media industries. Today, she is here to share this unique perspective, this variety of perspective, and tell us all about the power of it. So I'm so happy to have you here with us today, Erica, and I can't wait for you to share your story with us. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Nadia. I can't wait to get this discussion started. Obviously, I'm very passionate about this topic, so I'm ready to tell you whatever you want to know. I am so, so excited. I love the passion already. I can hear it coming through. So um, tell us, um, in your words, a bit more about Sum Up, um, and I know that you'll want to talk about this belief in the power of purpose. Absolutely. So you gave a great short intro to Sum Up, and really, we're a global fintech, like you said. We started out as a mobile point of sale company, really focused on small businesses that larger banks or financial organizations were overlooking or pricing out of the market. And our founders really wanted to facilitate the ability for small businesses to take card payments. And that way they could do it in a simple manner and focus on what they do best, whether it's serving coffee or styling hair or driving a taxi or you know, selling coconuts on the beach in Brazil even, right? We have a very diverse group of merchants and I love that. So we really wanted them to be able to serve their customers in a better way. And at sum up, we say we believe in the everyday hero and that's really the quote that we live by. But as the head of user research, my purpose is to be our customer's voice inside the company. So I like to evangelize that we learn from the everyday hero. So we believe in them, but we also need to learn from them so that we can serve them better. That's what we're really here to do. Learn what our merchants need and then try to solve their problems to make their businesses run smoother. And now we're a multi-product company. We're not just you know, doing mobile point of sales or credit cards. We've got a lot of other accounting services, online store solutions, and more that we're starting to offer now. 
Amazing. I've got to say, I love the way you've just explained that. We believe in the everyday hero and we learn mm. from them so we can serve them better. What a wonderful, wonderful mission. Um, like I love, I love companies when they talk about their mission, their values, their purpose. Yeah. What a purpose. Um, it's just, yeah, that's really, really touched me, just, just how heartfelt that is. Um, but, uh, tell us a bit more about you and your journey to your current position. I gave a bit in that intro and there's just yeah. such a variety there. It'd be great to hear it from you. Yeah, so my background is actually in academia. I'm trained as a medical anthropologist. And what that means is I study how humans interact with healthcare, medical culture, healing. And I spent the early part of my career as a professor of anthropology and women's and gender studies. So that's not something you often find in FinTech. I conducted ethnographic research on women's cultural experiences of pregnancy and birth in Mexico, Italy, and the United States. So not at all a similar theme to what I do now. However, there's a lot of overlap between the social sciences and what we do in user research. So for example, I was doing ethnographic research in academia and a job fell into my lap in 2014 that was in technology. And it was just one of those things where I knew that was my next job. I got this job description talking about solving loneliness in the elderly populations in Silicon Valley and I had lived that experience, as we say in anthropology. I'm from the greater New Orleans area, and my grandparents were displaced after Hurricane Katrina. Um, my parents had just had their house destroyed by a hurricane two years previously. Oh. We're in the process of rebuilding. <laughs> yeah, and wow. so my grandparents, yeah, they came to live with me uh, when I was finishing my PhD in Florida and teaching. Um, and I saw how they lost their community. You know, they lost their, their connections with their friends and their doctors yeah. and their grocers, and, and they had to rebuild all of that. And it was so hard on them. And so when this job to combat elderly loneliness uh, came up in California, I said, I got to apply for this job. And so yeah, I transitioned absolutely. into technology. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So I transitioned into tech that way. So it was kind of a weird uh, mid-career shift for me to try to go do something that I felt very passionately about. Yeah, this is um, fascinating. I'm yeah, I'm loving this. So a few years later, after after working on on that problem in Silicon Valley, I was recruited to come run a user research program for a large telecom serving 13 different countries based out of Oslo, Norway. So I picked up, moved across the pond, and started that kind of work. And two years later, I'm actually four years later, I'm here doing kind of the same thing at SumUp in Berlin. Wow. I mean, what, like, what a journey and story. And I, lo I love just hearing sort of lived experience, experience yes. that you can feel that you're, you're so close to and you understand why there's such a need. Um, and hearing that story about your family, like, thank you for, for sharing that, that with the audience. And I, yeah. I can see where that, you know, the, the passion to, because people say, well, we're here to solve problems. But what, what do you actually mean by that problem? No, no, you mean that somebody lost their home. Your family lost their home. So it's really, really, um, really, really important. And thank you for sharing that with us. Um, so it kind of takes me on to my next question about your belief of being the voice, um, the voice of the people. T tell us a bit more about that. Sure. So that's the nice thing about being able to blend kind of that anthropological background with this new tech background that I have, because user research is a newer function inside of SumUp, and we're growing. And what we really believe is that it's our responsibility to go in-depth 
with our users, so in this case, our merchants, and oftentimes even their customers, to understand how we can better shape our products to meet their needs. And we do that through using qualitative and quantitative research methodologies to explore and confirm hypotheses around what we think they need. Because we might think that somebody needs something, but we're not that merchant experiencing these problems. So we really have to go out into their shops, into street markets, for example, and talk to them where they're at to really see what their lived experience is and how are we impacting their business and how might we be making things harder or easier with the decisions that we make inside the company. So it's a really cool way for people to understand how what we develop inside SumUp actually affects those users in their everyday lives, right? And these are our everyday heroes. And so we need to get to their level and see exactly what they're experiencing in order to perform better for them as a company. Mm. Um, and again, what a wonderful way of putting it, in order to perform better as a company, to actually solve the problems that we're here to solve, um, and do them genuinely and authentically, um, and, and really tap into what those real needs are, not what you think the needs are. I think that's, that's absolutely spot on. And, and I know a large part of your career has been um, very much about, about this sort of getting people's voices heard. Um, yes. and, and I think I, I wanted just to hear, hear a little bit more about how you've, how you've made that happen, because this is something that's really important to, um, I'm sure, all industries, but right now in fintech, it's definitely on the agenda. Absolutely. It's so important to bring multiple voices to the table to allow for a broader range of experiences to be accounted for in this whole design and product development process, because that's really what we're doing. We're kind of the unseen sausage making part of tech, right? And what goes into that and how do we design better to be more inclusive? Uh, there are multiple examples of technology that's been designed for one type of human by one type of human, thus excluding or even leading to poor user experience for a lot of other groups. I gave a good <laughs> lived example. The last time I gave a talk in person, I was talking about accessibility and design to a large group of industry professionals in Norway when I was still living there. And I was one of three or four women speakers at this all day conference. And I was the last woman to speak. And so when I went up on stage, I was talking to the audience about how we need to include more voices in design. I said, I can give you an example right now. The microphone pack that's hooked on my belt is designed by and for a man, right? Because most of the other women who came up on the stage had to hold the battery pack transmitter for their microphone in their hand mm -hmm. and then hold the clicker for their slides in their other hand and walk around. I've done enough talks on stage where I knew to wear a dress with a belt on it that I could clip that to the back. And I said, that is a design problem because no women were ever asked to wear this and see, you know, Absolutely. and if we're going to wear a dress on stage, we don't have a pocket to put that battery pack in and men have suit pockets. They have pant pockets. Very often our dresses are made without pockets, right? Mm -hmm. Our phones are designed for bigger hands, facial recognition, recognizes lighter faces, not darker faces, right? There are all of these problems inherent when we only design for ourselves or people who look or sound or feel like ourselves. And so bringing those voices to the table, which is one of the things that user research can help you do, is just integral into creating a more inclusive and just environment for all of us. And that's really what I'm trying to do at SumUp. And that means not just for our merchants and customers. It also means inside of SumUp, 
right? Because as the head of user research, I advocate for the employees of the company I'm working for because user experience doesn't just happen with the end user. It also happens with our colleagues because we're using a product of SumUp. We're using the employee experience and the work culture of SumUp. And one of the nice things here is we really are trying to walk that walk. We have a diversity and inclusion tribe now. We've just internally presented the results of the first diversity and inclusion survey of our employees. We have focus areas on accessibility, LGBTQ plus rights, neurodiversity, diversity, and we're really trying to do better inside of SumUp so that our voices are heard as well. And so I'm a part of that journey as well. And when I recruit, I actively seek out people from different backgrounds and ages and experience to include in our research team. When I was hiring a user research intern last year, I asked my talent acquisition partner, I said, how is uh, the diversity of the candidate pool looking? And he said, oh, it's great. We have so many women applying. And I said, well, actually, we just uh, have one man on my team right now. So I'd love to see <laughs> some more male applicants. And, and now we're up to 25% men on my team. So I'm excited that we're a little bit more diverse than Excellent. we were. Um, but one of the things that we're doing this year, for example, is we're hiring our first accessibility researcher, and we're also going to try to hire an accessibility engineer um, as we move towards our goal of increasing access to our products for small businesses and their customers who might be experiencing disabilities. And, and one of the things that I'm looking for is maybe, you know, someone from a background that I wouldn't normally or companies might not normally think of when they think of user research. You know, I'm looking for someone who's versed in disability studies or or who's disabled themselves, who can really bring that lived experience into you know, our product development process and, and learning from our customers. Yeah, yeah, and that is absolutely spot on and takes me straight to the question I wanted to ask you next. So I love the fact that you've got such a different perspective on the industry. And I know, like you've just said it there, I know how, how passionate you are about opening up those different perspectives to to gain further insight, to be more knowledgeable, to be able to build a better solution. So I just wanted you to share some of that with our audience as well, please. Absolutely. I wrote a Medium article a few years ago on why tech needs to hire more people from the humanities, because one of the things I always try to do in every position I take is to remind people that tech is centered around people. Data is of and by and about people. So we have to keep the human at the center of technology. So everything we do, we really need to remember to work in a humane way. And that's part of being an anthropologist and bringing my anthropology to work with me. Anthropology is the study of human culture. And so it's important for us to remember to have different voices represented in the development of technology to keep that centeredness. So for example, when we're doing work in Brazil, we wanna go out and talk to people who are unbanked because we want to understand their lived experience of how they are trying to transact, you know, in a culture where they don't have the same resources or access to resources that others have. So how can we develop a product for someone who's never had a product developed for them? And how do we bring their voice to the table? So things like that are so important to me, you know, as an individual. And, and you know, I think I told you earlier in one of our conversations, I mean, when I graduated from university, I never thought, well, fintech wasn't even a thing, right? <laughs> but I never thought like, oh, one day I'm going to go work in fintech. That's not a career <laughs> yeah. path I would have ever imagined for myself. And yet here I am 
And I am working in a company that meets my ethical standards, that meets my standards of care for its employees and for its customers and end users. And this is just a dream. And I feel that, that that's one of the reasons I came to this company is because my colleagues all have that engagement and feeling and that drive to do better for, for people who are not accounted for always in this industry. And, and that's the great thing about bringing these other voices to the table is it starts to create an inclusive environment where more people are served. And of course it's a business and of course we want to make money and we have to keep the lights on and we have to keep our paychecks flowing. But at the same time, we're going to do it in the best way possible to create the best experience for more people who maybe are overlooked right now. Yeah. And again, I've just got so much respect for that because you're absolutely right. There are people that are overlooked. And I remember a few years ago, um, sort of well, more than a few years ago at the beginning of my <laughs> recruitment career, I remember that we used to say uh, financial services technology is really incestuous. Um, and you, you know what we meant? We meant, look, if someone works at HSBC, they'll probably move to Deutsche. And, and yeah. what I love now is um, actually that's, that's a dirty word, incestuous now. That's not, that's not what we should be doing as, yeah. as recruiters or as individuals growing teams and building businesses. We should be anything but that. We should be going out and like out and as far out as we can do to identify different, different people and those different points of view. And I think that you've, what you've been sharing so far has been just so powerful because that's what you've been, been giving, you know, your lived experience on, which is brilliant. And, yes. you know, I want to thank you because today you've been really open about what you've seen, about the issues we must tackle. I wanted to ask you as my final question, what are your thoughts on the market and what more we should all be doing for inclusion? Well, I think as a leader and, and as leaders in FinTech, we have to make decisions and commit to creating more inclusive workspaces because that's really the first step to having these voices heard and creating a diversity of experiences for the people that we're serving. So of course, I'm gonna say scale up your user research and user experience departments to allow for these broader ranges of experiences to influence your products uh, or your service development. Really listen to your employees and create pathways for change inside of your organization. Recognize those unconscious biases that, that we might be dealing with, microaggressions that may make a less hospitable workforce environment, and call those out among yourself and among others. And then really, you know, make the commitment to hire more women, more minorities, more people with disabilities, uh, people of different age brackets, right? Yeah. Uh, we need to bring those voices to our tables internally. And if you don't see candidates who are more diverse, start digging deeper. Don't just say, well, nobody applied for the job, so I got to hire somebody who looks like me or came from my university or <laughs> came from that other bank, right? No, you dig deeper. You make that choice. Hire a junior candidate if you don't see anybody in the candidate pool and, and make the commitment to mentor them up and give them that experience that they might not otherwise get. And you can reach out to more diverse groups through social networking. And then once you've worked on that diversity internally, you know, and you've built that user research team, you've got to start working on reaching out to those groups that really are going to be affected and listening to their voices and really hearing them. And so you understand what's going on with the people you're designing for, the people you're developing for, the people that you're serving. So we can make sure that a broader range of people are really being included in financial technology services. 
Yeah, um, absolutely. And look, what you said there, it's, it's a lot around com committing to right. what is not the easy or normal path. And I love that. I'm going to quote you on this. Dig deeper, make that choice. And that's something that I am super passionate about. And I want to make that digging deeper or that looking harder to be able to attract different points of view in that talent your business my pledge is to make that easier for people in my role but I think that everything that you've said there has been so wonderful such such honest and open commentary and especially from from your background from from this anthropological background where where you where you look at things in a way that that traditional financial services individuals wouldn't and look at the power you bring um, to what you do. So thank you so much for being so honest and sharing your story on the Women of Fintech podcast series. It's been brilliant having you on. Thanks so much for having me, Nadia. And I look forward to hearing more of this podcast. Thank you. <laughs>